Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to us babble today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today we're going to cover another episode that's at the suggestion of our friend Kim Pierce. She has been amazing at sending us these fantastic topic ideas and and doing a real good job expounding on them. She asks lots of good questions in her emails. So it's a good way to kind of help us navigate through the topics. So I, I really appreciate that, my friend. And before we jump into this week's topic, let me first have you say hello, my handsome husband and wonderful supporting cat person, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, everyone out there in the big cat world. And thank you, my love, my beautiful wife. I'm always here. Whatever you need, we will try to get through it. Also want to thank... Kim, for being such a great supporter as well. And just these topics become great supporting ideas and helps us prepare for shows and helps Molly dive into things. And she really does a good job of bringing that information forward. So when we have questions and ideas, that's fantastic. And if you have some of those, please email those to molly at cattalkradio.com. Now, let's dive into what Kim has suggested. She sent Molly an email saying, I'd like to hear that you suggest for getting a cat into a carrier without traumatizing both you and the cat. Uh, Okay, so let's see what she has to say. First, what if you have to get them into the carrier now? Maybe you need to go to the vet or maybe you have an emergency, which this could very well happen in a lot of cases, like a tornado siren or fire alarm. You know, that's one of the things a lot of people think about. I, I get where she's coming from with this. She's asking, how do you do this single-handedly? How do you set up the carrier? What steps do you take? First, do you put them head in or do you put them back in do you scruff them or don't you scruff them uh she said she's tried this and it isn't pretty and i've tried that (laughs) and it isn't pretty (laughs) so i mean i get where she's coming from and she goes on to say second if you can plan the long game how do you train the cat to go easily into the carrier that absolutely refuses to even get near a carrier and has a clear bad experience with such a thing. What's nothing to do with it? They want nothing to do with this. And, you know, what What do you do with this? I can see, she goes on to say, I know psychologically you probably have to find a way to treat this as a game. But what are some of the techniques you're, you can do? I, I get it. I'm thinking through this myself going, oh, my God, man, this... I mean, they could tear you up like little <laughs> buzzsaws trying to put them in there. So I think it's, it's a like very stuffing the Tasmanian thing. devil into a bread box. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she's asking for what are some of the success stories you can share, techniques that you've worked with, 
Uh, I suggested this especially for my friend Tanya, whose cat, Jerry, is learning to be an inside cat for the first time. He's smart, loves her, hates the carrier, but he has to go to the vet from time to time. Most recently, she tried to focus on him, and he ended up under the bed. She tried to force him, not focus on him. Sorry, that was a a bad word there. But she tried to force him into the carrier, and he went under the bed. I get it. Yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. So then then Mm -hmm. what do you got to do? And usually in today's world, you got a vet appointment that you got to get to. And so the the cat could make Mm -hmm. you late to its own appointment. So there's lots of questions bundled around this, uh, Molly. Let's let's start with the first question. What if you don't have time to train a cat to get in the carrier? What do you do now? How do you how do you do this single single handedly? I mean, you and I kind of work together on that. But how do you do that when you got just one cat and you're trying to get it somewhere? Yeah, thankfully I have you for so many things and cat wrangling (laughs) is often one of them. Although we don't have to wrangle our Pico very often, but, but Kim, you're so right. This is neither an easy or a fun task. It, this is not fun. Getting a cat into the carrier, everybody has a high anxiety and stress over this and before you even start. And that's the place to start. So first, I want to advise you to hold positive affirmations about how this process is going to go. Stay calm. You know, keep calm and purr on. <laughs> um, because, and here, and here's why. Because, uh, you know, the, I've interviewed animal communicators and talked to animal communicators and read lots of books on animal communication you know, and really out of the, am I one? And I'm not an animal communicator. I'm very intuitive on a lot of things, especially animals and especially cats, but I'm not an animal communicator. But I think I know how it works. And the one thing they have that they all say in common is that animals see our mind pictures. So if you think about how you think about situations. You know, we're a horrible species at living in the present moment. We're always thinking ahead, all right, or in the past. So in this particular situation, we're thinking about getting the cat in the carrier, and our mind is picturing as we're thinking, all right, the cat's going to run hide. I'm going to grab it. He's going to try to bite me. He's going to scratch me. I'm going to shove him in the carrier. My God, I hope nobody gets hurt. And you're going through all this fear and anxiety. Well, if the cat is reading your thoughts it's and it doesn't go under the bed, <laughs> then it's going to tap into that and feel fear and anxiety also. So if you're holding pictures in your mind that go more like, I'm just going to go right over there and pick Jerry up and put him in the carrier and everything is going to go smooth and wonderful. Now, whether it does or not doesn't matter because it's going to go the way it's going to go. And hopefully after today's show, it's going to go more smoothly. But it's important that you stay calm and don't have a lot of that anxiety and fear because the cat is going to tap into it. So... Let's move on to how to do this single-handedly. And I've done this so many times in my life. It's it's crazy. So what I would tell you is um, set the carrier up, right? Well, first of all, you know, this, 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 is, this is about, you know, how to hold the cat and how to get them into that teeny tiny little entry hole 
you know, and, and having the right tools is everything, right, honey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's always telling me that. that. He's <laughs> like, oh, I could do this project you want me to do, but I don't have the right tool. We need to go to Home Depot so I can buy some more tools. So that's I'm right. always hearing how having the right tools is important. And in this case, that's really true. So I suggest you get a top loading carrier because it's a whole lot easier to lower that cat down into a larger top loading hole than to shove it through this tiny hole in the front, right? Um, be sure before you do that, you put a towel in the carrier that maybe you've left out so that the cat could lay on it and the cat, you know, the towel smells like the cat or a bed, a thin bed that the cat used. Go ahead and put it in the cat carrier or a t-shirt, you know, go grab one of your t-shirts out of the dirty laundry because you want it to smell like you and put that in the carrier. Those kinds of things will calm them down. You know, put some catnip in there too. That always tends to calm them down. They like it. They get in there and they go, oh, wait, there's catnip in here. This isn't so bad. You can also, I like to use those feel away. They've got these product that's like a wet wipe. It, it's a feel away makes a, a pheromone line of pheromone products. You've probably seen the ones that are um, diffusers that you plug into the wall and it emits the pheromone scent and calms cats and they make collars and they make all kinds of pheromone products. Well, one of them is a little wet wipe. wipe. I wipe down the inside of the carrier with that before I put in the bed or the towel or whatever you're going to put in there and then the catnip and then go ahead and put some of the cat's favorite treats in there too or try sliced turkey i find that's that's usually the thing that most cats are interested in just go to the deli counter get some low sodium turkey cut it up into little pieces and put it in there too so if you don't have a you know top loading carrier and an emergency has happened, then how do we do this in a carrier that's just a, a front load, right? So I suggest that you take that front load carrier and you turn it up on its end, you know, narrow end so that the, the opening is facing up and you're holding it kind of between your legs. So you're bracing that carrier and you've got that cat in your hands and you lower the cat into the hole. Now, you know, that that sounds easy, but let me tell you how you have to hold this cat because that's the trick here. You want to you wanna put your, your non-dominant hand, for me, I'm right-handed. So I take my left hand and I lace my fingers up through the cat's chest, right? So I've got one foot in between my ring finger and my middle finger and I've got another leg in between my thumb and my index finger and that way I can grasp those front legs kind of together and control them and then I grab my the hind end I kind of scoop up the hind end and I grab the back feet and I'm holding the cat against me so he's not feeling like he's you know dangling out there hold it against you you've got those back feet grasped they can no longer reach out and put their arms on either side of the entrance and go, no, I'm not going in there. And you lower them in butt end first. And then once you get, you know, obviously you got to get the end in there, you get the feet passed, you pull your hand out and then you stabilize on the back of the neck and you continue lowering them in and then you close the door quickly and then gently put the carrier down just like that. <laughs> wow. You make that sound so easy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had to do my share of loading adopter shelter cats, adopted shelter cats that that uh, you know are getting ready to go home. So I've had lots of experience with it. You know, I I we have these pretty small boxes, cardboard boxes that we have to lower them down into. At least that's top load. I use that same hold so that I lower them down in there. I can't get scratched on the way, and then I quickly close it up. But a lot of people will bring their own carriers when they adopt a cat. And inevitably, someone will have adopted an 18-pound cat and brought a chihuahua-sized carrier in, you know. <laughs> and, and so I've had lots of experience at this. And, you know, a while back, um, we did a podcast on disaster preparedness. And we talked a lot about cat carriers and being being prepared and how to load a cat quickly. So you might also find that podcast and there might be some something we missed today that's that's in there. You know, you could do a video on this. Um, and yeah, and I think Pico would be a fantastic uh, kitty to to go in and out of the carrier or to be your subject because, you know, I know you've done this so many times. I mean, you've got 15 years worth of experience or so at, at shelters where you're <laughs> actually trying to do this yeah. too. So, I mean, yeah, you are back. We should do a podcast on that or, or video. A video we're, on we're that. Doing, and, and people yeah, we're doing would the be podcast good. now. Let's do the video. We're later. doing the podcast now. Hello. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Pico would be a good test subject because he's never been in a carrier. I think I put him in a carrier once when I had to drive him to the vet by myself in my open air Jeep. And of course, I I didn't want him jumping out or us getting in an accident. So I, I don't know that he's really been in a in a carrier. So yeah, we could we could do that. We could do some visuals to go along with this. I have to go see what I have out there in terms of carriers and we might do that this afternoon and I'll I'll post that video uh, on social media when I post the announcement for this podcast. And let me, you know, before we move on to, let me address Kim's question about about scruffing. You know, she she painted a mental picture there, do I scruff the cat? And, you know, put them in back end first. And, and the answer to that, well, first of all, for those of you that don't know, scruffing is grabbing the cat by the back of the neck and lifting it up and suspending it. It's kind of like you've probably seen them do it with kittens and you lift up the teeny tiny little kittens by the scruff of the neck, which is why they call it scruff, scruffing, scruff of the neck. And the little kitten goes limp. And, and that's a myth that that works on cats as adults. So you never, ever want to scruff an adult cat. And the reason it's a myth, that flexor reflex only occurs on very young, teeny tiny little kittens, but not an adult cat. It's painful for an adult cat, and it causes a lot of stress and fear, that, that posture. So, so the answer to that question is no. Do do not scruff the cat to try to get it in a carrier. That's just going to increase the fear and make this a lot more difficult for you. Okay, so if you want to start training your cat to go in the carrier, how would you go about that? Do you have any stories you can share about that? Maybe? Um, yeah, I have lots of stories, but two come to mind right off the top of my head. One is a cat behavior client that I had. They adopted two cats together. Neither were social. 
They'd not been socialized in that sensitive development period. So they were very shy, very afraid. There had been a massive attack on the husband as he was trying to get one of the cats into the carrier. And and it was ugly. And they traveled back and forth between Houston and Santa Fe. So they have a second home in Santa Fe and they go back and forth to Houston. And so they called me out for a consult to say, okay, we're about to go back to Houston. How do we get these cats back in the carrier after this horrible, traumatic, bloody event, right? (laughs) So there was that one. And then there was another one um, here in the shelter with a shelter cat at the Santa Fe Humane Society. You know, I showed up um, to start working with their staff and teaching their staff, you know, how to work with difficult cats. And they said, the first cat we have on your list is Cinnamon. And Cinnamon is is aggressive and is aggressive after he's been confined. If we put him in a hide box to take him to the vet for a vet checkup, or we try to put him in a carrier, as soon as you open the door, he comes out and attacks your face, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, great. What are we going to do here? So, So here's what I did for cinnamon. I got a top-loading carrier, told them we got to have a top-loading carrier to do this. And I got little short bungee cords, and I I hooked the doors. They're wire doors on top and a wire door in the front. So I, I hooked the bungee cord on the wire door and then down into the ventilation holes on the side of the carrier to hold that top open so it couldn't accidentally shut and scare the cat. And the same thing with the front door. Took a little mini bungee cord and hooked the front door back so that the front door and the top door would always remain open. And then we instructed the kennel care staff to begin to feed him in the carrier. So every time a meal came in, they free feed dry food in the shelter and then they feed um, canned food twice a day. So I said, put the dry food in the carrier and put the canned food meals in the carrier as well. And that got him comfortable with being inside, right? So, you know... I. I had to not only because Cinnamon was attacking after you opened the door and let him out of the carriers, I not only had to work to get him in the carrier, but then to spend time in the carrier and be carried around and still be calm coming out. I assumed this had to be fear triggered, right? And and the other thing you have to remember is that your cat very likely with a past association with carriers, that carrier triggers fear because it represents being taken out of their safe zone. Cats are so territorial, you know, and so they remember, oh, my God, I got in that thing and, you know, I went in a wormhole to some scary place where they smelled weird and they were poking me with sharp objects and, oh, my gosh, I wasn't in my, you know, nothing smelled right. I wasn't home. I really like to be home. So carrier bad. So, you know, you've got to overcome that to begin with. And then reassurance along the way, every step of the way is necessary. You know, basically you're going to have to break this down into teeny tiny little itty bitty steps with your cat getting comfortable with each step along the way. Wow. Didn't you clicker train cinnamon? Yeah, we did. We, um, we clicker trained him to go into the carrier 
and and that's the next step really so your step one is get the cat to be comfortable in the carrier by feeding them in the carrier and then they're like okay carrier good that's good and then the next step is you got to get them to go into the carrier on command and I should say on cue, sorry, I'm not supposed to use the command word, right? Command is like authoritative and we're not kidding ourselves. We're not authoritative over our cats. They're the boss and everybody knows it. So here's how that goes. First, you want to teach the cat to target train. Now, if your cat's not particularly shy, just go ahead and have them target your finger. And what that means is they touch their nose to your finger. So you you can get a clicker or you can use your voice as the clicker, but that auditory noise marks when the cat does what it does right, right? So you stick your finger out, your index finger pointed right in front of the cat's face. It reaches out, touches your finger with the nose and you go, good, Jerry. And then you give it turkey or a, its favorite treat. Find something new that it's not used to getting or only give it its treat when it's done this. Then you hold your finger three inches out. Nose touches finger. Good, Jerry. Give him the treat. And then six inches out. Pretty soon your cat is having to take steps now to come touch your finger. And it will because it gets that super yummy treat every time it does. Now, this these little sessions only last as long as your cat's hungry. So use little tiny pieces of treats at this point. So then you can start the finger about two inches in front of the cat's face and start to move it and the cat's following your finger. So as he starts to slow down and lose interest, you know, you can stop the hand and let him catch up so that he gets it. And so following the finger is the thing. So let him follow it a couple feet, then stop, let him touch it with his nose. It's really important to use a super yummy treat, right? Because overcoming the fear has to be more desirable than following that fear instinct. So, you know, once he, so what I did basically was I take the finger now that he's following it and I, I walk him to the carrier right? With my finger, like, okay, we're walking to the carrier. Once we get to the carrier, I let him touch the finger. I treat. Then I put my finger inside the carrier down through the top loading door, right? And then he has to step inside the carrier to touch the finger to get the treat. And if he steps right back out, that's okay. And we just start over and we target them to the door and then down inside and he follows it inside click and treat, right? So once I was able to kind of, he was anticipating as he would see my finger going towards the front door. He's like, okay, we're going inside the carrier. I'm going to get my treat inside the carrier. That's cool. So then I could kind of shorthand it. I didn't have to stick my finger down through the top anymore. I could just kind of in a swooping gesture, go towards the carrier and over the top. And then I put it on a verbal cue. And in Cinnamon's case, I said, let's go. And so I said, let's go and swooped my hand down and pointed along the top of the carrier. And if I had to, I stuck my finger down in the top and he would go in. Then I started closing the front door while he was in there eating his treat. I closed the front door. I left the top door open 
so that he had an escape route if he if he needed it. He never did. And then I'd open the front door and he'd turn around and come out. Right. So then after several times of doing that, then we started closing the front door and the top door and then opening both and going through the routine again. Right. And he cinnamon was completely crate trained on verbal cue. Let's go in about eight to 10 sessions. And now at home, you want to be sure to have daily training sessions with him and you make it all about the treat time. You know, that that's that's the key. Wow. So how was uh, Cinnamon, once you opened the door, was it like the alien where monster jumps out at you in your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aliens, we'll all never forget that. Those two scenes yeah, in that yeah. movie where it busts out of the guy's chest and the one where it, it just like sucks onto his face and wraps around his head. That's exactly what I was struggling with visualizing and I had a really hard time to keeping my positive affirmations going while working with cinnamon. But, um, cause all those horror stories I'd heard, it, it was just like that, you know, about him attacking the faces. They said he would attack your face that they'd taken him into the vet office and a hide box and they opened the door and he came right out and he was a big cat and, and just attacked the face of the, vet tech. So I, it was a little scary working with him. And at first, you know, once we would close both doors, he rushed out. As soon as I opened it, he would, he would rush out kind of, kind of almost charging, you know, not really at us, but rushing out. But then as he got comfortable over time, he would start to walk out slowly. And that's when I knew it was time to start lifting the carrier. So we'd load him up, let's go close the doors and then lift the carrier off the floor about a foot and then set it down and then let him out and tell him how great he was and what a good job he did when he came out. And then we would do the same thing. Let's go in the carrier, close the doors, lift it up. And then we'd walk about two feet, set it down, let him up. And then finally, we'd walk around the whole cat area in the shelter and, and he did just fine. And I actually have video of that and I will post that to YouTube and, and share that on this, on this Facebook post as well. Wow. Does, excuse me. Uh, does all this really work if the cat is already negative and has a negative association with the carrier? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just like cinnamon, he clearly had some sort of past trauma or negative association with carriers because he didn't like being in there. <laughs> And would come out and attack you. But yeah, you, it absolutely still works. Even if you've had a horrible events every time and you pull out that carrier and a cat goes and runs under the bed, just, you know, it just takes a little longer. And it's called counter conditioning, which is pairing a, a scary stimulus like the carrier with something super great, like a really fantastic treat. Eventually that conditioned response to the carrier, which is fear, is countered to something more neutral or good. And you just do what we talked about in the beginning. You know, you first you have to change, you have to counter the conditioned response to the carrier. And that is leaving it out, feeding them in the carrier. And your cat may go a day without eating because he's like, I am not going in that carrier for dinner. I don't care. Something scary is going to happen. Again, be sure you're pinning back the doors 
if if just go to um, Amazon and search mini bungee cords, those are the easiest things. And um, make sure the top and the front door are all pinned back. It's better to have a top-loading carrier, by the way, because cats like to have two exit paths. So same thing when we're setting up litter boxes. It's why we don't use covered litter boxes because they feel trapped and they might get ambushed. So they don't feel real safe in things that they there's only one way in and out. So it's better if you get a top-loading carrier. I have several examples of them, by the way, on the resource area of the website. Um, and so that way, when they go in, they're not as afraid because they feel like they've got a way out. I can go out the top or I can go out the front. So if you just do what we talked about in the beginning with you know, putting things that smell like them in there and catnip and treats and making that a just a, a cool place to go. And, you know, and if you're if you're buying a new carrier, get it. If you don't have a top loading carrier, that also helps to negate any of those negative associations that you may have uh, helped lay groundwork with in an old carrier. So this might be the time to just go ahead, spring for a new top loading carrier to make this process easy, you know, for, for both of you. I think that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, the top loading carrier, I've seen those, seen you work with those. Uh, they make the most sense than trying to put a cat in the side of it. <laughs> just, yeah. It's right, really, yeah. it's really about the tools, having the right tools, knowing the right tricks, which all yeah. the stuff you put in there and then having the right hold on the cat. So you've got to be able to hold the cat. And again, this is another place where video would be serving us well, because I could pick up Pico and show you how to hold a cat safely um, where it can't scratch you or put its arms out in rejection of going in the door. But um, but yeah. how you hold the cat is is very, very important as well. Yeah, but I hopefully, think a video you, you know, perfect world. I, I know a video would be great. We'll we'll work on that maybe this afternoon. Mm -hmm. But in a perfect world, you you spend the time to clicker train your cat on on visual cue of that finger pointing to the carrier and verbal cue of let's go and the cat will just get in the carrier and then you can close it and then when you get home it's important too if you if you get that far and and you have that success when you get home don't put the carrier up leave it out you know don't it's important that that carrier become kind of a part of the cat's environment if it's going to be something that you have to load that cat up into. So maybe find a place in your utility room. You can leave it open and continue to feed in there. And then when it's time to go somewhere, that's not a, a bad place for the cat to go. Well, thank you for sharing all that, Molly. As usual, that's very informative. And I think this is a good topic. I mean, there's a lot of people that have to have this kind of situation. And even if you don't take your cat to the vet that often, you need to prepare for emergency situations, you know, where a fire alarm or some sort of siren going off and you need to take your pet out. So being prepared is a great thing to do. And it's good to uh, take a listen to this podcast and listen to how Molly does it. Anyway, for all those out there that are listening I'd like to invite you to support the work that Molly does. Uh, she does this for free. She pro provides these resources to all those that are in need, no matter whether you are uh, of high income or low income. Uh, she does this for everyone. 
Uh, she does work a lot with low-income families, so it does uh, help if uh, you feel like that you could uh, give us a, a gratuity donation. Any any amount would do, and you can do that by going to Cat Behavior Solutions website and scrolling down to the bottom, and there's different donation amounts, and you can add one of those, and then you could begin to check out. And you know she's going to keep doing this as long as cats are in the shelters as they are today and lots of times they get over full and you know the 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 worst thing happens and we don't want to have that happen so yeah and and thanks for that because when you go to the website go to the store on the website if you just go to the website and scroll down you won't find it you'll find some other stuff cool stuff (laughs) so go check out the website blogs all kinds of stuff but if you go to the store i call it the behavior boutique because in addition to amounts that you can donate to us there's all kinds of cool toys and food puzzles and supplement products and just all kinds of things that that help your cat with feel great and satisfied and help you work on behavior and stuff so um when you go there and you help us out with a a gratuity donation because you know it's also not only do we donate our time Dewey and I volunteer all of our time to do this and everything else we do. We don't take any salaries out of Cat Talk Radio or Cat Behavior Solutions. There is not a penny paid in compensation. They all go to help other cats, help people pay medical bills when they can't afford it, help other rescues, buy products for shelter cats, things like that. So if you can help us out, that would be amazing. And Dewey's right. We're going to keep doing this as long as... Shelter euthanasia is, is the number, number one, one cause, cause of, of death, death in, in cats. cats. Sad fact. But Sad. yes. until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. 
Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.